Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. It's what you do with what God's given you. It's not what you have, it's what has you. We've all been given the ability to earn. Now what are we going to do with that which we earn? You know, money is not evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Money, wealth, riches are neutral. It's what do we do with it? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. Money is easy to focus on. We worry if we have enough or when we'll make more. It's what makes our life function. Pastor J.D. is here to remind us today that money in and of itself isn't evil, but our attitude towards it can certainly cause evil. Don't worry so much about what you have, but rather what you do with what you have. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 10 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Verse 2. Treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but He casts away the desire of the wicked. He, verse 4, who has a slack hand becomes poor. But, here's the contrast, the hand of the diligent makes rich. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's going to come up again and again. And by way of a contrast, we see that it's the hard worker. All hard work leads to profit. Mere talk only to poverty, the Proverbs say. The foolishness of laziness. If you're lazy, you're going to live in poverty. If you're a hard worker and diligent, you're going to be blessed richly. Verse 5, he who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. I grew up in a small farm town, Tico, Washington. And every year when it came time for harvest, everything stopped. Because it was critical that the crops were brought in. Because if you didn't get those crops in, you'd lose them. That's why when Jesus talks about the fields being white, and ripe for harvest, the wheat, you knew it was ready to be harvested when the heads of that wheat were white. And there was only a small window of time, and it was critical. If you didn't get those crops in, you lose the crops, because the weather's coming. And I'll tell you, I I knew a farmer, in fact, (laughs) well, I knew more than one, it was so critical they would work from sun up to sundown. And then when the sun went down, they couldn't work. You know what they did? 
They go in their truck and they sleep in their truck in the field. And then as soon as that sun came up, they were, oh sorry, (laughs) woke a couple of you up. Welcome back. Good to see you. Sorry about that. As soon as the sun came up, they went right back to work. Diligent hands makes rich. Contrast them with the other farmers. I had the occasion to know other farmers who weren't like that, diligent like that, hardworking like that. And, you know, interesting. Their crops, not as profitable. Their riches, not as great. Verse 6, blessings are on the head of the righteous, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. I always think about verse 7 whenever I do a memorial service. The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. (laughs) Sorry for saying it like that, but it's true. They were rotten. How do you want to be remembered? Should your death precede the rapture, and all of your friends, family, and loved ones are gathered together at your memorial service, how do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered for being a righteous man, a righteous woman, a godly man, a godly woman? Verse 8, the wise in heart will receive commands. Again, that's being teachable. That's a heart, a supple heart that is willing to receive. But a prating fool will fall. Verse 9, he who walks with integrity walks securely. Don't miss the importance of what we just read here in verse 9. When you're walking in integrity, you're living a life of integrity, honesty, purity, you're secure. Let's flip it around. When you're not, you're on shaky ground. How insecure are you? But, here's the contrast, he who perverts his ways will become known. Reminds me of the scripture that says, be sure that your sin will find you out. Sooner or later, it'll be exposed. Verse 10 is interesting. You have to bear with me on this. I'm going to try to do this. I actually thought about this this afternoon. He who winks with his eye causes trouble, but a prating fool will fall. In other words, you know how somebody will just kind of wink their eye. In other words, they'll say something, but mean something entirely different. Wow. So think about that next time you wink your eye at somebody. Verse 11, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Now, 
what's in us is going to come out. It's what comes out of one's mouth that defiles them, not what goes in, Jesus said. You can tell a lot about somebody by how they talk, right? The mouth of the righteous, when they speak, is just a well of life-giving words. But when someone who's wicked speaks, what comes out of their mouth is wickedness, violence. Verse 12, hatred stirs up strife. Oh my goodness, that is there not a more apt description of this nation today than verse 12? If you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, then you're as grieved as I am because I, I cannot remember a time in my lifetime where there has been so much hate. And look at what the hate has stirred up. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. Verse 13, wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding, but a rod is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. Wise people, verse 14, store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. The rich man's wealth, verse 15, is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. The labor of the righteous leads to life. The wages of the wicked to sin. I want you to listen very carefully on this because this is another one of those uh, verses that I think is largely misunderstood. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. And there's certainly no glory in living in poverty. The poor will always have with us. But what this proverb is saying is that the destruction of the poor is their poverty, whereas with the rich man their wealth is their strong city. But the labor of the righteous is what leads to life, but the wages of the wicked to sin. Here it is. It's what you do with what God's given you. It's not what you have, it's what has you. We've all been given the ability to earn. Now what are we going to do with that which we earn? You know, money is not evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Money, wealth, riches are neutral. It's what do we do with it? I can take that wealth and I can use it for wickedness, or I can take that same wealth and use it for righteousness. That's what the Proverbs is saying. The righteous will be strong if they use their wealth 
for righteousness, and conversely, the wicked will be destroyed because they use their wealth for sin. Verse 17, He who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses correction goes astray. Whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. Oh my goodness. I won't, but I could take the rest of the night and talk just about this. Verse 19 was written for me, exclusively, <laughs> I'm convinced. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. In other words, translated, the more you talk, the more you say, the more likely you are to sin. I think about what Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes, let your words be few. Sin is not lacking when there's a multitude of words. You know, I have never regretted something I didn't say. And conversely, I have always regretted something I did say. Restrain your lips. You know, I think there's a reason why God put a white picket fence around this tongue. It's a restraint. You know, James talks about, by the way, James in the New Testament, half-brother of Jesus, born to Joseph and Mary after Jesus, the book of James has been likened to the New Testament book of Proverbs. And James says basically this, you know, we can control large ships with a small rudder. We can tame wild beasts, but we cannot tame this tongue which can start a fire that destroys. Oh, would to God that we would restrain our lips. To do so is to be wise. Now verse 20, we're going to talk about the tongue. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. I've heard it said that this is where we get that expression silver-tongued. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. Verse 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he has no sorrow with it. The implication being that you can have riches, but with the many riches comes many sorrows. And so again, this is one of those proverbs that could be misunderstood. And this is where we get into the whole word faith thing. God wants you, you know, to be rich. You just have to believe, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. <laughs> That's not what this is saying. In other words, God will bless your life in such a way, enrich your life 
in such a way that there's no sorrow that comes with it. Many years ago when I worked for Mercedes-Benz, got to know some very wealthy people. And as I got to know them, it wasn't long before I realized that these were the most miserable people you will ever meet in your life. They had all this wealth, but they weren't enjoying it. What the Proverbs is saying is that the Lord will bless you, He'll enrich you, He'll prosper you, and you'll be able to enjoy it. There's no grief or sorrow attached to it or with it. Verse 23, to do evil is like sport to a fool, but a man of understanding has wisdom. The fear of the wicked will come upon him, and the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the whirlwind passes by, verse 25, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. Verse 26 is interesting. As vinegar to the teeth, and smoke to the eyes, no, so is the lazy man to those who send him. Here's another thing about the fear of the Lord, verse 27. The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Here again, talking about not necessarily prolonging one's life, but the fear of the Lord blessing one's life so that they get more out of life, a more fulfilled life. Jesus said, I came to give life and life more abundantly. I mean, think about it. As a heavenly Father who loves us so much, He wants us to live a blessed, fulfilled, and abundant life. Don't you want that for your children? How much more does our heavenly Father want that for us? You know, there's a saying I heard a number of years ago that goes like this. You're only as happy as your saddest child. You're only as happy as your saddest child. And that is so true. God wants us to live a fulfilled life. Prolonged days. You know how there's never enough hours in the day? Well, God wants to prolong the day, prolong our days, bless our lives. Verse 28, the hope of the righteous will be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. The way of the Lord is strength for the upright, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. The righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not inhabit the earth. The mouth, verse 31, of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. It's a lot. <laughs> I, 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 
it's like drinking water out of a fire hose, right? <laughs> it's just, wow, it's a lot. Well, before we close, there's something I want to point out. I think I'd be grossly remiss if I didn't. There's a common denominator here, if you will. And it's that the wise who live righteously are not only being blessed in their lives, but they're a blessing in others' lives. I'll take it further and suggest that when we bless others, we ourselves are blessed as a result. And that's the way God made us. You know, sometimes I'll, I say to Harune, you are blessed and a blessing, because she is. She's such a blessing. She's so blessed, and she's such a blessing. And isn't that how it's supposed to be? When our lives are blessed, it's a blessing to others. And then when we bless others, our lives are blessed. That's not a play on words. Replete throughout the chapter that we just read here in Proverbs 10, you have these contrasts. You know what the bottom line is? The common denominator, if you were to take and put this chapter and put it into a basket and pull out the main lesson, the teaching that we can take home with us tonight, it would be this. Live wisely, be blessed, and you'll be a blessing. And when you are a blessing, you'll be blessed. Okay, I'm going to try that again. <laughs> I think you get the point. Well, let me say it this way. The blessed life is a blessing in life. And you see this stark contrast between the life that's blessed, the life that's not where I come from, they call that a no-brainer. One would think that this would just be, well, clearly obvious. I mean, the, the wise are going to be blessed, and the wicked are not going to be blessed, and it's this for the blessed, and this for those who aren't. I want this. It's a no-brainer. That's the takeaway. You want to be blessed, bless others. And by blessing others, you'll be blessed. And then when you're blessed, you bless others. And then in turn, you're blessed. And a blessing to others, which in turn blesses you. Does that make sense? When you're a blessing, you're blessed. And when you're blessed, you're a blessing. There, I'm going to leave it at that, because that's as good as it's going to get. The words of wisdom the book of Proverbs provides weren't meant to only be applied to life in the author's time. They were also meant to benefit generations to come, including you. All ages and walks of life can benefit from this book in this modern world. Proverbs gives you practical advice for living a life that's pleasing to your Creator. It also shares insight for ways to interact with others to not only show love, but to model Jesus. Pastor J.D. will have more to share from Proverbs when you join us next time on In Spirit and Truth. In the meantime, you can listen to more teachings from Pastor J.D. at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and even download our mobile app. 
This is a great way to keep Pastor J.D.'s teachings with you wherever you go and even share them with others. You'll find a link to download at our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. We also invite you to check out Pastor J.D.'s weekend update, the Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these updates on our mobile app or on our website. One more time, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you've been encouraged by this teaching in Proverbs and that you'll continue to study them on your own. Tune in next time for more right here on In Spirit and Truth.